This is the All In Clemson Tigers podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. Welcome in, everybody, to a brand new episode of the All In Clemson Tigers podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Hughes, and as always, I'm here with my other co-host, Carter Hughes. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing good. Good. Well, after Clemson's dominating win, where they manhandled possibly the best team on their schedule, yes, sir. we're going to start in the obvious place. Uh, Davo Sweeney's music tastes. <laughs> I mean, because we were playing, you know, I walked the line, Johnny Cash, you know, five times a pregame. I love some Johnny Cash, don't get me wrong. Uh, I love it. But, I mean, you know, we need to kind of change a little bit and liven it up some. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, Davo. <laughs> he was talking about how they hired a DJ to actually do that during practices. Wow, a DJ. Pre-game. Look at that. So now you know. Uh, Davo Sweeney really, really likes Johnny Cash, apparently. And specifically, walk the line. I walk the line. I'm not sure how that really motivates players, but... Right. Well, that's why they had to change it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could see from the point where they changed their music choices to their influx in good recruits. Yeah, a few years pr- ago. Yeah, you could probably <laughs> trail that all the way back to the hiring of that new DJ. Anyway, so now you know. All right, is anyone surprised that Davo Sweeney is a Johnny Cash guy either? I'm mm, not surprised. At not at all. Not at all. All right, well, that was breaking news here on the All In Clemson Tigers podcast. <laughs> what else do we have coming at you today? Well, that's a great question. In today's episode, we're going to have a Texas A&M roundup. We're going to bring you all the best takeaways that we had from the game. We're also going to run around the program, look at the top storylines from this past week. And also, we're going to discuss what you should watch during the next game, the Syracuse game. What was the thing that you said before we started recording that people should be watching? Uh, probably the box scores of all the other games going on. That's right. So that may be your only takeaway. You'll have to stick around to find <laughs> out. And then we're going to cap off this amazing episode with our most favoritest game of all time, Clemps in or Clemps out. You won't want to miss it. But first, let's go ahead and hop right into our key takeaways from the Texas A&M game. The coaches and players all mentioned after the game, I, there wasn't a lot of chatter before the game actually about this, uh, but they had obviously been talking about the idea of leaving no doubt after this game. After last year's game, there was some doubt left, apparently. Critics were questioning Clemson after the game. It wasn't a convincing enough win for people. And so the Tigers, Dabo included, wanted to leave this game with the idea that they, there was no doubt that they were the better team. And I think they accomplished that. No doubt they accomplished that, one might say. Uh, this The win gives them 17 consecutive wins, which ties a school record. And how, how far away do you think that is from, I think it's the ACC record for most consecutive wins? Ooh, I can't say I know too much ACC <laughs> history. <laughs> I imagine it's probably getting close to it. Uh, I guess. I think... I should have I should have known this stat. I, I heard it on the ACC quick. network. It's it was 28 wins Florida State had back when Jameis Winston was around. I believe is what it was. You won't find it. Don't Google it. It's fine. Never mind. <laughs> uh, if you want to know that stat, look at I think it was on ACC now on September 11th. So <laughs> you find it. Let yeah, us know. Yeah, go rewind there. 
Uh, anyway, but I do know for sure that it marks 17 consecutive wins, which again ties the school record. It also marks the 20th straight regular season non-conference win for Clemson. Their last loss was, and I won't ask you this, these random stats, it was in 2014 <laughs> to Georgia in the season opener, which... Oh, I knew that. By the way, we discussed last week, was Davo Sweeney's only loss in a season opener. What do you know? And also in the college football playoff era, which began in 2014, as you know, Clemson is now 11-3 and against SEC teams. Um, and that includes bad. games in the college football playoff as well. So Clemson... Up, depending on where what you think about the SEC and the ACC and all these other conferences, Clemson is eleven and three against the best conference in the country, and I just went ahead and told you what you should think. Obviously, the <laughs> SEC is the best <laughs> conference in the country. Anyways, all right. So, the key takeaways from this game. First of all, I'll say this is one of my key takeaways. It was sort of a boring game. Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> Maybe that, that's a hot take, perhaps. It's always good to see Clemson win, but it wasn't full of fireworks. Texas A&M was woof. Pretty bad, yeah. It, it was tough to watch at times, I guess is the point. But I think the biggest thing that we can glean from that performance was that Clemson didn't play their best football, and they still dominated the best team on their schedule. This team is really good. I, they haven't started clicking yet. The defense obviously played well. But I don't think – I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I think that they were – I believe that they were going to lose a game. I'm not going to back down on that quite yet. But, man, it's going to take them beating themselves to lose a game because, they, again, they didn't play nearly their best game, and they totally trashed <laughs> the best opponent on their schedule. Yeah, it was it was just a methodical win, like – not with how they maybe with how they played, but it was just methodical and how they just dominated them and just took the life out of Texas A&M very slowly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a very slow and painful death for Texas A&M. That's for sure. One that required them to score their first touchdown in the last final ten seconds of the game. <laughs> it was like their last gasp for air. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the college football playoff index, ESPN's <clears throat> ranking, gives Clemson a fifty-six percent chance after the A&M game, of winning out for the rest of the season. The next closest team is Alabama, who has a 21% chance. So more than double the next closest team, uh, percentage-wise, of winning out. That's pretty Which crazy. I still find that funny, because looking at their schedule, it only gives them a 56% chance of winning out, which is really funny, especially with what happened this week with Syracuse being their next toughest matchup, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not a mathematician, and I don't obviously understand all of these these new analytics and things like all that. All these different but things. They only have a 50... They only. <laughs> they have a 56% chance of winning out, but every opponent on their schedule, except for one, South Carolina, they have a greater than 90% chance of beating <laughs> them. <laughs> and I think half of those are 99%. So, I, I mean... This is going to be another great season for Clemson. Yeah. And they have an amazing chance to go undefeated. So I think this was just a perfect example, again, of how they can play poor and, and at, at times during the game. They didn't have a complete game by any stretch of the imagination, and they still dominated, again, probably the best team that they're going to play in the regular season. Part of that was because their defense is full of ballers. They're really good. <laughs> uh 
And before we do this, <clears throat> I do want to give Clemson credit, but I think it's important to point out that, boy, oh, boy, Kellen Mond played awful. Yeah. And the Texas A&M receivers were – they were they were having a battle to see who could play worse because the receivers <laughs> dropped balls whenever Mond actually threw them the ball within their reach, which is pretty far because they're all tall and lanky. But they had brick hands as well. Yeah, I think Jimbo Fisher, our our boy Jimbo, said that his receivers dropped six passes that would have been first downs. Obviously, didn't prepare enough. <laughs> Obviously not. Uh, but. You know, besides that, you'd have to give credit where credit's due, and that's with the Clemson defense. They could only defend what Texas A&M was bringing them, and they did. They did. They only gave up, um, uh, what is it, 51 passing yards in the first half, which is insane, and only 115 before the fourth quarter. Uh, Mon finished with more passing yards in the fourth quarter when the backups were in. Yeah, and most of that were just trash yards that – the game was over. So. Yeah, yeah. When they were calling timeouts to again score a touchdown, little final ten seconds <laughs> of the game, and uh, they only had fifty three rushing yards as well. I mean, Oof. Clemson's defense dominated, and I I said coming into this week, <clears throat> I'm the first one to admit that I was wrong. That I felt like the secondary was gonna be exposed this week, and they just weren't. And again, part of that was because Mond wasn't good, but part of that was because the secondary was good and they did their jobs and I think we also have more evidence that this defensive line is really good again we talked about it last week Texas A&M's offensive line is by no stretch a good offensive line right now their game versus Texas State showed that they had a lot of deficiencies Mm -hmm. so coming into this game that was one of the areas that we thought Clemson could take advantage of and they certainly did they they got a couple of sacks but they had a lot of pressures and they made Mond uncomfortable which was, which was important to see. Okay, so the defense played well, but the, I'd say the final takeaway that I had about the game, the broad takeaway, was the offense still isn't quite clicking. Yeah. There's, there's something that's not quite right there. And, I mean, what do you think of Trevor Lawrence's performance so far? Let, let's not – let's remove the Georgia Tech game. Let's just talk about the Texas A&M game. How did you feel like – I mean, how has he started the season so far in your mind? Uh – well, removing the Georgia Tech game, I don't. I don't say. I don't. I don't want to say I came across with the same feeling again after this game. I think he played better. Um, he made some better throws, but he started out the game a little slow again, overthrowing some receivers, um, and then picked it up later on. Um, I don't know. He's he's just not back to the way he was yet. Um, he's definitely not Heisman material material quite yet. He's. I don't know. I don't know if the pressure is getting to him a little bit. I don't know if. Like you said, the offense just isn't clicking quite yet. There, there's plenty of factors that could go into it, but I'd say he's he's about average right now. He's, <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds bad, but he's definitely not playing up to his potential. Um, so we'll see what's going on. Yeah, I'd say he's playing average for a Trevor Lawrence performance. Yeah, average which for is, an above-average quarterback. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty good, by the way. It's not like he's playing, like, trash. Right? Yeah, that's what I was he, telling he, you earlier, that, like, he's not – losing games for these guys but I wouldn't say he's outright winning the games for him he's just being a game manager yeah yeah I say that's fair I mean he made several game winning throws versus yeah. Texas A&M but yeah he I, feel, I still feel like I get the sense that he's still trying to do a little too much 
and I, I especially felt that on Georgia Tech, and I think he played much better this game. Yeah, he had one interception that was just it was a it was a good decision, just a poor throw, poor execution. Poor execution. With it, yeah. So I think that's good to see, and I'm, I don't know if the you know if the pressure's getting to him at all or, or what it is, but I think we've se- I, I think that they relied more on him this game than they did the first game. The first game was all about Etn Etning. And the second game was mostly about Trevor Lawrence, and they won the game. Yeah, well, so it needed to, yeah. Yeah, so it's been kind of interesting to see how they have relied on the running game now to win a game, and they won the other game through the air for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that bodes well for Clemson. We've seen them do it in two in two different ways, which is good to see. But I would really love to see them put together a full game, and we'll get to that when we talk about Syracuse. A couple of other things that we saw, uh, ETN didn't have a great game on the ground, but he had a great game receiving the ball. He almost he had nearly as many receiving yards as he did rushing yards. And he only averaged 3.3 yards per carry, but if you, um, if you add in all the yards that he had through receptions, then his yards per touch were over five. You know? So he, you know, he, he played well, and they... And Texas A&M was taking him away, and the coaches did a great job of getting him the ball in space, which is what you want to see. But another encouraging factor was Lynn J. Dixon. Um, he came out, or uh, Travis Etienne didn't have a great rushing game, but Dixon did. And he showed that he was a man and that he's ready to, he's not going to take the starting spot at all, but he's going to get carries. And yeah. you can see why Dabo and the coaching staff were gushing about this kid in camp. Mm-hmm. He looked like a man out there. He yeah, was, I mean, he picked up the slack where Etienne didn't this game, and he, he carried that running game this today or last week. <laughs> Not today. Time flies. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's good to see. I think each week they're showing defenses that they're going to have to defend more and more and more areas. As you say, we're sounding like we're criticizing them, which we kind of are, but at the same time, this is just showing the positives of this team that. Where they're playing poorly, another part of the team is picking up the slack. So when this team actually clicks all together, oh boy, you better watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you wanted this podcast to be an hour long, we could go on and on about how all the good things that happened. There were a ton of great positives that you can glean from this game, but we're not going to do that. And like you said, I think they're slowly putting the pieces together. And by the end of this year... They could be really scary. They could, I think they could be the team that everyone thought they would be coming into this season. It may just take a few more weeks for them to get yeah. there. So, yeah, so overall, great win. Uh, I think, again, they left no doubt. They, they accomplished what they came into the game hoping to do, which is always a positive, and they got the W, and they beat Jimbo. Good old Jimbo. And that's all that matters. And the reason, I think we should have mentioned this, the reason I think they went for the touchdown with less than 10 seconds left is because... Jimbo Fisher has only been held uh, three times to ten points or fewer in his career. I'm sure he was thinking that on the sideline during the game. <laughs> so he had to get that touchdown to get up to the ten-point mark, but haha, we still held you under ten points. Anyways, all right, let's go around the program now. Trevor, hit the the music. It's always a big news week for the Clemson Tigers. Let's go around the program and discuss the biggest stories. One of the big headlines from this past week was obviously the Texas A&M game. 
but also the fact that last weekend was a huge recruiting weekend for Clemson. There were a ton of prospects on campus for the game, right? Yeah, there were eight uncommitted five-star prospects at this game. That's a decent amount, I'd say. That's a lot of star power. Yeah, and they got two blue-chip commits just after this game. We got a wide receiver, Dakari Collins, out of Georgia, committed after the game, and a linebacker, Jemiah uh, Jemiah, uh, Jeremiah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm turning to Jimbo. <laughs> Jeremiah Trotter signed as well, and he was unexpected. So that's that's a great positive for the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, these were both four-star prospects. Uh, as you said, Dakari Collins uh, is a wide receiver, a big another big wide receiver heading into this program. He was expected, but yeah, this was an unexpected signing by Jeremiah Trotter, linebacker from Pennsylvania. That's really good to see. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's a positive thing. And it didn't help, or excuse me, it, it, it couldn't help Clemson's ratings, rankings in the recruiting rankings because they're already first, yeah. and they're far away. Just first. pulling farther and farther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're adding insult to injury to Alabama, who's second on there. Uh, anyway, another big headline from this past week is that Trevor Lawrence, and we touched on this in, just uh, briefly during the Texas A&M breakdown, but Trevor Lawrence has been receiving some criticism for his performance at the beginning of this year. And Kirk Herbstreit actually discussed this on the Dan Patrick Show. So let's play you a little snippet from that. Just be careful of listening, and it's hard not to today, but feeling these almost unrealistic expectations. What happens, what I've watched guys feel as if, they told me after the season, they, they, they sub, you know, subconsciously feel that they have to live up to that hype. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if anyone had hype coming into the season, and we were part of it, yeah. you and I both picked him to win the Heisman this year, and he just hasn't lived up to those expectations. He hasn't played poorly necessarily, and Clemson's won games. It's not an issue. But he only has two touchdowns, and he's thrown three interceptions. And he only threw four interceptions mm-hmm. last year. So he's already on pace to <laughs> surpass that number, which, again, it's is... not a huge deal. Yeah, it's it's not bad. And he, he has a QB uh, rating right now of 77.6, which puts him outside of the top 20 nationally. So he's not living up to his potential. But I think it's important to, to see, too, Davo Sweeney had a few things to say, had, had something to say about this at the end uh, after his after the Texas A&M game, here's what he had to say. Man, Trevor Lawrence played quarterback. He played quarterback today. Uh, it was awesome to see. There's so many things that are going on that, you know, to the just normal person sitting in the stands, you just really don't know. You just think it's a called pass or a handoff or whatever. But there's a lot going on at that quarterback position. And, man, he played the position extremely well today. Okay, so besides the fact that Trevor Lawrence obviously plays quarterback. That's that's not the point that Dabo was trying to make. It's kind of an interesting way to say it, though. I mean, what do you what do you think Dabo meant by Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback today? I mean, I know as a quarterback, there's a lot more that gets put into the game for them. There's more than just stats. Like he's the leader. He communicates to the offense and things. Um. Honestly, I could just see it as I could just see him as encouraging him a lot, because 
I mean, I, throughout the week, I'm sure he can try to ignore things, but he's going to hear all the criticism about him that he's not living up to his potential already. But I don't know. It might just be a slight way of trying to get him going with some encouragement out in public. I, mean, I don't think he's really criticized him that much or anything. Um, Do you think he's really satisfied with his play? I mean, okay, obviously he's going to say he's never going to say that he's satisfied. There's always room to improve. That's the coach speak that we're, we're used to, but. When Davo's alone looking at film, do you think he's sitting there saying, yeah, Trevor is playing really well right now? I, I don't know. There's, <laughs> I'm nailing you down on this. You got to give me an answer. I mean, I could see where he's satisfied with it because obviously they've won the games and they haven't been close at all. But, I mean, he knows his potential and he knows that he, he can play a lot better. So I'm sure he's disappointed a little bit with that. But until they, they actually need him, I think he's fine where he is. He's just going to slowly... I think each game, he's, Trevor's Lawrence is just going to get better after each game. And then by the end of the season, I think he'll be back to where he was. But I, I wouldn't say he's complete, Dabo is completely satisfied with his playing, but he can't be too upset about it. No, no. And, I mean, I'd be the first one to say I expect the numbers to be better for Lawrence, but... I, I mean, I don't think there's a lot to... I think the criticism that he's receiving right now is very overblown. I do think... I, I kind of have a theory about these comments, though. Because, I mean, it's not like Trevor Lawrence had a ridiculously amazing game. Mm-hmm. Again, there are things that you and I don't notice that coaches get a lot yeah. more excited about. But I really just think that he's trying to get out in front of the criticism, out in front of the criticism excuse me, right now. And he's overcompensating a little bit. Not, and I think this is a good thing that he's doing this. But I, I think he's saying these things like, man, Trevor Lawrence played quarterback today. He's He played amazing. Okay, well, he didn't play amazing. Let's, let's get that straight. So I think he's trying to get out ahead of all the critics that are going to be saying, oh, Trevor Lawrence is underperforming right now. He's not playing that well. And he's, as a coach, encouraging his player, like what you, what you said. I think he's trying to deflect some of the criticism and, and give a, a counter story to what's being put out there right now. Yeah, and I mean, that could be a good coaching move. Like, he knows how to coach players, and this could be the way Trevor Lawrence appreciates or takes coaching that way, and Dabble knows that, and there's no yeah. way that we would ever know that. So Dabble's always been a good encourager, I think we can say, and this is another example of it. Another big thing, and we've, man, we've been all over this story from week one. <laughs> <laughs> Amari Rogers actually came back this week and he didn't contribute a ton, but it was great to see him on the field. Here's what he had to say this week about being on the field and his recovery. Yeah, I, I remember telling my mom and my dad, like right after surgery, I was like, I gotta be back to the game. Like, I, that's that's my goal. I gotta be back that game because I knew this would probably be like one of the biggest games of the season. So I wanted to be back and uh, able to help my team in that game. So that's that's really what was in the back of my mind throughout the whole process is that I want to be back as early as possible. And he was. He was back as early as possible. I mean, it's it's amazing that he was able to accomplish that goal because he came back incredibly fast. A mm-hmm. spring ACL tear to where he is now. And I expect him to be a little sharper in the coming weeks. And it's. I think it's, we should also expect him to be taking the most reps at the slot receiver position. Um, a 
again, there's a ton of great receivers for Clemson right now, but I think that's where you'll probably see him. And also on special teams, I know Dabo said that they were hoping to get him out on if, if um, Texas A&M punted on the last possession instead of trying to get that touchdown like Jimbo wanted to do. <laughs> then if they had punted, then they were going to get Amari out there to return the kick. Excuse me, the punt. So we would have seen him there, but it's great to see him out on the field, and I think we'll see him against Syracuse, be used a little bit more. And kind of building off of that, there aren't a ton of injuries at all on this Clemson team. I know it's only week three that we're coming on to, coming up to, but I mean, there are a lot of teams who are, who are Texas A&M is a great example of teams who are already suffering, who have suffered key players being injured for the rest of the season, and Clemson just hasn't experienced that yet. So let's keep crossing our fingers and praying that it continues that way. But that's yeah. a good sign so far. All right, so those were some of the bigger headlines from around the program. Why don't we hop into probably the biggest storyline of this week, which is obviously the rematch, the big game <laughs> that everyone has been looking forward to. Two ranked teams, game day, biggest game of the week. Oh, wait, what's that? Oh, Trevor's reminded me, thankfully. Hey, thanks for that, Trevor. It's good to hear from you. I wish you would come to the mic and tell us these things, but the audience will just have to take a word for it. Trevor has informed me last minute that game day isn't coming <laughs> to Syracuse this week. Are you crazy? What? Why? What? What's that? Oh, oh, it's because Syracuse <laughs> got embarrassed by Maryland last week, sixty-three to twenty. We'll give you full credit for that. You called it saying they weren't even favored in that game. <laughs> Ooh wee. Uh. I'll take partial credit because I certainly didn't predict that final score. But yes, <laughs> only on this podcast did you hear that Syracuse was not favored to beat Maryland last week. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's one for me. <laughs> one win. I needed that. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I know someone who will be ready. And this isn't serious at all, actually. We'll get into that in a second. But Syracuse coach Dino Babbers? Babers? I don't know. Oh, that's right. Babers. I'm going to go with Dino, though. I just like that better. Dino Bab Babers. We're just going to keep taking it out of Jimbo's, Jimbo's book. Yeah. We're just going to keep taking it out of just mispronouncing names. So I'll we'll, we'll just call him Dino or Dino. We'll, we'll figure it out. Dino here, Dino. Here's a little friendly exchange that he had during his press conference leading up to this game. I think it was a friendly exchange with a reporter. We'll let you decide. Here's what he had to say. All right, Nico, I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. You ready? Have you ever been knocked out before? Oh. <laughs> I have. And when you, it's, it's when you wake up, the blues are blues, the reds are reds, everything seems clearer than you've ever had it before. It's like rebooting your entire computer. I'm not saying go do this just to see how the feeling is, but it's really kind of eye-opening. Okay, a couple of takeaways from that clip. <laughs> uh, the reporters laugh. <laughs> Obviously, you think this is sort of a, yeah, a joke, probably, in a sense. Uh, but the reporter seemed to have a nervous laugh. <laughs> so, I don't know if he thought it was a joke or not. Uh, and then, second, he was making... I've never been knocked out myself. Uh, actually, I have. I take it back. I don't remember it all that well, because I was knocked, knocked out. out. <laughs> Uh, and when I did get knocked out, my eye was so swollen that I couldn't hardly see anything. That's a story for a different day, though. The way he's describing getting knocked out and waking back up, I know he said, I'm not, 
I'm not saying that you should, I'm not prescribing that you should do this. It sounded kind of fun. I don't know, to me. I'll let you decide, though. I mean, you seem to have a different opinion about this. <laughs> I don't know about fun. <laughs> Maybe a different word for it. but okay. He just made it sound rosy and, and nice. I don't know. Like, it was an epiphany waiting to happen. Well, let's try it after this podcast, see what okay. happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So just a few minutes later, this, <laughs> this all comes full circle again. In his comments... Dino had to say this. If you don't hit him with the uppercut, you're going to get knocked out. There goes that word again. <laughs> and this isn't great for radio, so sorry about that. But he points at that same reporter and he says, <laughs> here comes that word again. <laughs> I can only imagine the reporter sounding like this. <laughs> I mean, here's a question for you. Did Dino or Dino, whatever his name is, coach wrestling or anything before football? Because he seems to really love his knockouts. He does. We'll get Trevor on that. Trevor, look that up. Well, and we're not even done with the knockouts yet. Because <laughs> later on, he had to add this. If you go back three years, they also knocked out, knocked out a quarterback also. So if you go back to the traditionally, a quarterback gets knocked out in this game. <laughs> Which seems to be something he's, he enjoys. So we're going to be the first to report on this podcast. You're hearing it here first on the All In Clemson Tiger podcast. This is our hot take. If anyone else takes it. You know it came from us first. Dino, Dino, he's coming after Trevor this week. He wants to knock him out. I'm not sure we want to go with that. He wants to make it four straight weeks. And he doesn't just want to knock out Trevor. He wants to knock out all the reporters everywhere. (laughs) He wants to take them all out. He's a headhunter. He's probably going to want to after this game, that's Uh, for sure. Well, yeah, if he didn't want to after the last game, he's certainly going to want to after this game. At least we expect but let's talk about it. Let's talk about why. Or the things that we're most going to be looking at during this game. I think the number one thing for me, and this is the opposite of what we just talked about, about the Texas A&M game, is I want to see the offense put together an entire complete game that features strong running and passing games. And I'd really love to see them hang more than 63 on Syracuse. I know it's unfair to expect a team to outscore Maryland, that <laughs> offensive juggernaut. But I expected this. <laughs> I, would, I would like to see it. And Seriously, though, I, I, I would like to see a game where the offense is just humming and clicking, and they put up a lot of points, and there aren't a ton of things to point fingers at that need to be improved. And I, I just want to see them get to that point in this season because – Eventually, you're going to have those games where you're going to, you know, last year you had the game against Boston College where the weather wasn't great and the offense just wasn't looking very good. Now, granted, they ended up beating Boston College handily, but you never know when you're going to have that that random game where the team comes out and it's close because you're just, you're not executing an offense. And I think if Texas A&M had played well, it could have been that game <laughs> this past Saturday. But anyways, all that to say, bring it around circle. I want to see the offense come out and play a really solid game. Yeah, that, it'd be good to see them pull it all together. Like you said, it's like we've said before, it's early in the season. But at some point, even with this week's schedule, they're going to have to bring up their game at some point against a team that they shouldn't have to. But that's just the way football is. Like You don't play your best every game. But <laughs> And if not then, if and when they get into the playoff, they're going to have to up their game no matter what with whoever they play. So 
Exactly. Yeah, and it's a long season. They got a lot of, a lot of time to get everything in order. But it would just be good to do it sooner rather than later. I would mm. love to see it this game. Yeah. And Syracuse seems ripe for a <laughs> getting point scored on. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, okay, another thing that I want to look for, and this is another <laughs> thing that I've been saying since week one, is I just want, I want to see the defensive line again dominate the offensive line of Syracuse that seems pretty weak right now. Last year, Syracuse gave up 37 sacks, which was good or bad, however you want to describe it, for 113th in the FBS. <laughs> Not good. I think that's bad. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't looked good, particularly good, the first two games of the season either. Well, I mean, you can't look good if you get beat 63-20 to 20 against Maryland. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's mostly on the defense, I'd say. But they gave up a few sacks. They were getting <clears throat> pressure to the quarterback, Maryland was. So I think Clemson just has another opportunity to take advantage of a weak defensive line, or excuse me, offensive line, and just show some consistency. The consistency that we want to see from the offense, I think the defense has shown us so far. And I just want to see them do it another week, do it week in and week out. And um, I, I think this is where it comes in, and I think this is actually my biggest concern right now. I know we laugh about the orange you know, getting crushed last week, orange crush <laughs> last week. And sorry, that was bad. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is the first week that Clemson has the opportunity to actually overlook a team. You're coming off probably what will be your biggest win of the season you're not going to overlook the team, a team the first week of the season. You weren't going to overlook Texas A&M. <clears throat> this week, though, you're coming off that great win. Syracuse just got destroyed. They're not ranked anymore. Game day is not going to be there. So we heard, at least that's what Trevor told us, I think, in this, of, of, the, or, uh, of the segment. So are they going to take it seriously this week? And Dabo said, yes, we're going to take it seriously. But that's a coach talking still. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, he's going to do him and the coaching staff. He and the coaching staff are going to do everything they can to prevent it. Obviously, a letdown. But until they come out and prove it, you never know. Honestly, I mean, that's I think that's you made a great point with that. I mean, looking into the season, seeing the schedule, you have Texas A&M, Syracuse, knowing as players, those are going to be your two toughest games. And then all of a sudden, Syracuse just falls apart. Game day is not going to be there. I, mean, I don't know how much that matters as a player if game day is going to be there. Oh, I think it matters. I, I mean, mean this game is still going to be nationally televised. Yeah, it's. Game. I mean, there's still excitement around it. Of course, it's a college football game. But let's face it, it the whole mindset about this game has changed where it's going to be a tough game against Syracuse. It's changed to now you should just absolutely destroy Syracuse and leave yeah, it for dead. Yeah, <laughs> people I hear are saying they should put up at least 63 points against them. I Which, I mean, I've seen them <laughs> last week. They should. So it's completely different mindset with yeah. how it changed so quickly in one week actually i i think it's i think it's ridiculous to think that syracuse is going to come out and lay an egg for two straight weeks i think syracuse was overlooking maryland because they were looking ahead to clemson well i just think they stink but that's just okay. me well i think that's where we differ i think i think syracuse is a decent team and uh i think clemson needs to take them seriously we'll find out though if they do all right, those were our main takeaways. There are obviously a bunch more little things that we could talk about. But let's 
throw it over to Becky, actually. We've talked to Trevor. Now it's time to talk to Becky. We're going to play our favorite game. I don't know why I say favorite game. It's the only game that we have on this podcast. <laughs> we'll come up with some new ones. But until then, let's have fun with Clemson or Clemson out. Time for Briley and Carter to answer the important questions surrounding the Clemson Tigers in a little game we like to call Clems In or Clems Out. All right, Becky, what's the first question that you have for us this week? In or out, should the 2018 Tigers be ranked higher than fifth on ESPN's all-time list? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, we're, we're trying to give you an opportunity to be Clemson in on a couple of these questions this week because you have been a downer I'm, the past few weeks. I'm just a Clemson out guy all the time, and I'm going to have to keep going with that with this uh, one. Clemson out again. <laughs> I don't know. I I think there's a lot more teams out there that, that we've had in the past that, I don't know, just better resume throughout it. I think a lot of the Texas team in 2005 with Vince Young, and then I don't think any of the Alabama teams are ahead of them either, and I think a few of those years are better. I think they're definitely in the top 10 for sure, but I don't think they're fifth, so I'm going to be Clemson out. Okay, so you think they should be lower? Lower, higher, worse. However, that works. Yes, worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so your clumps out on that. By the way, this is a story that ESPN has put out about the 150 greatest uh, football teams in the 150-year history of college football. The four teams ahead of Clemson were two Nebraska teams and two USC teams. The latest being the 2004 USC Trojans. Um, yeah, this is a tough one because I wasn't alive for several of these teams. I never saw any of them play. So the question isn't, would the 2018 Clemson Tigers beat these other teams? It's in their eras. Were they, you know, who was the most dominant in their era? Um, I'm going to go Clemson in on this. Okay. I think they should be a little higher. Uh, I would put them above the um, the 04 Trojans, to say the least, because I did see them play, and they were a great team, don't get me wrong. But uh, the one team that I would put them below is the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Whoa. We dumb boys. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of talent, and they were really good that year. Uh, I think they were... I don't even know if they were in the top 10. I don't know. Look it up. It's on ESPN. Check it out. But I'll be Clemson. You're Clemson out on that. All right. Next question. In or out, are you cool with Clemson players' trash talk after the big A&M victory? Okay, here's what we're talking about. Tremaine Ankrum, an offensive lineman for the Tigers. Here's what he had to say on Out of Bounds, 105.5, the roar, the official, whatever, whatever. Just listen to us, we're better. (laughs) Do you want to die fast or slow, Tremaine had to say. Georgia Tech picked a quick death. Texas A&M was slower. We know we're gonna we're going to sc- excuse me. We know we are going to score. We're going to end up in the end zone no matter what they do. That's I don't know if that's trash talk, but that's certainly confidence and swagger. I'm gonna be all I'm, I'm clumps out on this though. Like 
there was a lot of talk from Texas A&M, and then there was a lot of talk from Clemson leading up to this week, to this game last week, about how, oh, we're not going to talk. We're going to take the higher ground. We're going to let her play a show instead of, instead of our mouths. Well, okay, I mean, you scored 24 points against Texas A&M, so they stopped you several times. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of this. I, I'm okay with some of it. I'm not like all out on this, but I'm going to be clumps out. If I'm Dabo Sweeney, I'm like, eh, maybe don't say this. But I think you tend to like these things a little bit more. I do. I see it as a coaching perspective. If I was a coach, I'd be... Is this all in? Clemson? Oh, I'm all in on this. I love me some trash talking. Especially when you're Clemson right now and you've got a weak schedule. Just talk up the trash, man. Yeah, you've won 17 straight games. Just just talk it up, you know? Just get cocky with it. Have some fun. I mean, what else are you supposed to do for the rest of the season against these... Nobody teams. I mean, have some fun. Go to class, beat the other teams. Go on, you think these guys go to class? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> now I am Clemson on this. Keep talking trash. Let's hear it. All right. Good for you. Last. In or out, do you think Dino knows more about Game of Thrones than Dabo? All right. We have some interesting sound that goes along with this question. <laughs> I'll just let it speak for itself. Here's Dino. Dino, speaking at his press conference. Game of Thrones, he's got a castle, he's got a moat, he's got some dragons. That dude's protected. Okay, so he's talking about Trevor Lawrence being protected by by his offensive line. Uh, Here's what Dabo had to say in response. You know, I don't know anything about the Game of Thrones, so uh, I don't don't know what all that stuff means. (laughs) I mean, I'm the first one to admit that I don't know anything about the Game of Thrones either. I at least know how to say it, but um, ah, this is a tough one. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm clamps out on this only because I don't think Dino has seen Game of Thrones either. I just think he happens to know the terminology and that it has dragons and moats and castles. But do I think that he's actually watched more Game of Thrones than Dabo Sweeney? No, I don't. I'm clumps out. I think he's a fraud. A phony. I think here's a real question. Do you think Dabo Sweeney also refers to the YouTube that way? Or the Instagram? <laughs> the tweeter? <laughs> I think that's the real question, but... I mean, we know he listens to Johnny Cash. Is it the Johnny Cash then? <laughs> yes, it is, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to be Clemson on this one with... Dino or Dino, he knows more just because he can say the title of it without the in it. I don't know. I don't know what more analysis you want on this. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> actually, neither of us have seen it, so. so no. But we don't have to have seen it to be experts on this question. Oh, yeah. Just fake it till you make it. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's all we do on this show. <laughs> all right. As we wrap it up, brief prediction. What's your prediction for this for the Syracuse game? Uh, I'm not going to go with a complete domination, but I'm going to go 42-17 Clemson Tigers. <laughs> All right, not a complete domination. But it's not 63-20. to 20. Come on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. If that's what it takes to have a domination, I guess I won't pick a domination either. Uh, I think Clemson is going to hit the 40 range again. Though I think I picked them to be 45 to score 45 points last week. I'm going to do the same this week, and I think they're going to give up at... 28 
points, 24, or maybe even 31. My goodness. In the 30s. How about the defense? I think it might be a little closer. I think Syracuse will come out and surprise them a little bit. We'll find out. All right. Well, whatever happens, we'll be here next week to break it down and to bring you all the news from this upcoming week. So thanks for sticking with us on the All In Clemson Tigers podcast. If you think about it, you can find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And we would really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. We'd love it. We would love it. All right, we'll see you next week. Be all in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Join our community of all-in Clemson Tiger fans. Just search for Clemson Podcast. This was the All-In Clemson Tigers podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers.